Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. I'm back, I'm Bradley, and as usual, I'm joined by Stu. Hey up. How are we doing? Very good, and you? Um, yeah, not too bad actually, we'll get into that a little bit later as to why. Just a little bit of housekeeping before we carry on. If you haven't listened to it yet, we've got a bonus cast out, and I'm using the name bonus cast now because I like that. I'm joined by a friend of mine from the States who writes for EGM and does plenty of other things. Joined me to talk about games we can play on lockdown. Really good chat we had. Look that up. It's in the playlist um, and give that a listen. And yeah, that guy plays a lot of games. I believe he's still single um, and he's now on lockdown on his own. So he's got no excuse not to play games. I'm a little bit jealous. There's an upside to everything. There is, yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't have to lock his kids away in a room somewhere to record, um, which I have to. But on that, we've been playing anything other than Half Life, Stu? Yeah, I have. So, getting to the opportunity to go into VR has been sort of kind of minimal. I've been managing about an hour a day. So, what I did was I had a look at the Switch sale to see what was cheap and if there was anything I wanted. And what leapt out was uh, Mario Plus Rabbids. Now, I actually bought this when it was released, and it was released like over three years ago. Is it that long now? It is. It, uh, incredible. It's just uh, scary. but mm. And, of course, feels like a completely different world. But I, at the time, I was like, I'm enjoying it, but not enough to like have it at full price. So I sold it thinking I'll buy it when it's cheap. And for once, that actually paid off. Spent about six quid on it because I had some like credit as well. Mm. And it, it's... um. A really fun game. So it's like an RP, a tactical RPG slash strategy game. It, very straightforward. I mean, if you think like the Shining Force games or... I don't know why I tell anyone. I bet everybody knows it by now. In case you've forgotten because it's so long since it came out. Yeah, a bit like fan, Final Fantasy Tactics or uh, Shining Force. And it's a mixture of Nintendo characters, mainly from the Mario games, plus the Rabbids ones from who is it ubisoft yes yeah so what you do is it's yeah just turn based and you get to use like guns as you're doing a lot of these things but obviously they have a a sort of cute nerfy nintendo twist you also get to like bounce on things heads and slide at them like you would in platformers and there are like warp tunnels and stuff as you'd expect from a nintendo game so it's a good blend both it's really really fun it's not very deep easy to access everyone knows this already i'm talking three years in the past so. yeah it's i mean it's an XCOM light essentially yeah um from from i think that's what most people might know it's yeah a more modern yeah touch point what was your reaction when you first heard it announced because I'm, I'm sure like many my reaction was why on earth are they giving mario to ubisoft to stick with rabbits are they stupid Car crash was my initial reaction, yeah. Yeah. I was amazed when it was any cop. But that said, I mean, the the rabid stuff is dialed down, but for me, I could have it dialed off. <laughs> I could have it switched off completely. It's good that, like, they got them in because they were good at producing that kind of game. But mm. I can't stand the design of them rabbits, man. It's absolutely terrible. It's like every design mistake that, in my opinion that you could possibly think of tiny eyes ugly teeth terrible shape 
silhouettes just awful everything about it man i just can't stand the designs uh, it would have been so much better for me if it was just you know mario tactics and it was full of like cooper troopers and lakitu and all that it would have been amazing but you know you get yeah. what you're given but I, I mean, I believe, and I'm sure someone who knows their history better than I do could correct me, but I believe it's the first time they've leased Mario out to a third-party developer. Pro- like, not, and then it's not in-house at all. It was completely made by Ubisoft, under the Ubisoft brand and not the Nintendo brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it looked like it was going to be a cheap cash-in. However, I'm going to disagree with you on the Rabbids to a degree. I don't like them. But I'm going to disagree with you. I often see quite a few people go, oh, you know, they've ripped off the Minions or whatever they, they, they are from the, um, I'm going to say Dangerous Minds film. It's not Dangerous Minds. That'd be, that would be a hell of a film, that would. Despicable Me. Um, that's the one, Despicable Me. <laughs> oh, Dangerous Minds with Minions in it. That'd be an interesting yeah, yeah. mashup. Um, but the Rabbids predate the Minions by yeah. quite some distance, they I do. believe. Yeah, um, and I got what they was going with them. Um, I think had they been introduced for the first time in Mario versus Rabbids, I think they'd be a lot more welcome uh, because I think they work. They're just the right size, Zany, that you can see them working. But I think being under the Ubisoft banner and their original games were just shovelware crap, essentially, has just got them on. Like people are just seeing a negative side of them anyway. Um, I don't find them as bad as Minions, but yeah, I. I don't know. If it, I don't know if it's. I still actually don't know if it would have had the charm if it was Mario versus you know the Koopalins and stuff like that again. I like to see Mario break out with new characters. Uh, oh, yeah, I I can see where you're coming from, but I still don't like it. I think that no, you, that's fine. If they'd done it in house, they've created sort of similar to like Mario Sunshine. They could have done a whole raft of characters that we hadn't seen before with Nintendo charm, but still made them, you know, irritating antagonists. But <laughs> the way that the the rabbits are as irritating antagonists is like the minions. It's like daft, dappy, wacky. And I hate wackiness. I can't stand it. So it's not <laughs> it's not for me. But that luckily that doesn't impact on the gameplay whatsoever. That shows how good the game it actually does. is, though, doesn't it? It yeah. does, yeah. Um, on, on, on that point, though, to like an irrational dislike of something, um, that would be like me with, if Michael Bay just came out with the next Citizen Kane, I'd still not <laughs> like it because it's Michael Bay. <laughs> um, it, I wouldn't yeah. say it was an irrational dislike, I have to correct you, because it's just, you know, <laughs> I, I suppose, yeah, there's no reality to anyone's you know aesthetic choice but i know a lot of people who you think they're funny but i know as many people who think that they're hideous just like with minions yeah yeah i, I don't i don't know if it is i don't know if it's because i saw the minions like i uh, took my son to watch the despicable me film not dangerous minds took uh, <laughs> took to, to, to watch that and i watched it and i just went they've ripped off rabbits this is crap yeah and it was crap, crap film anyway but you know uh, but I just went, they've ripped off the rabbits. So I kind of always felt like I had to de- defend the rabbits. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I haven't had a hand in design them, designing them or anything. So it's not as if they're my baby. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, I'm not particularly fond of them, but there you go. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, if people haven't played it, and apparently it's the biggest selling non-Nintendo game on Switch. Uh, it's yeah. sold 2 million copies. So everyone's got it. Um, I'd be temp- I'd be tempted to get it again. I had it physical, but I had to sell it. But I'd be tempted again to get it. Yeah, if you've not played it, or if you only played it a little bit, or you want to play it again, now's the time because it's dirt cheap. 
it's 15 quid for the deluxe version and only like seven and a half quid for the basic version. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. 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 I got the cheap one. What's in the deluxe? Is there some DLC? Donkey Kong. Oh, right. Okay. There's yeah. Donkey Kong levels. Oh, okay. Uh, but apparently it's pretty good. Whether it's worth double the price, it's up to you really, mm. but it's quite often goes on sale in all fairness, that one. So, cause it's an Ubisoft game. Yeah. Uh, so it goes on sale pretty much every other month. Um, so if you go, I would say get the cheaper version. If you then really, really like it, then pick up the DLC at some point. But on the other side of that, you've been playing zany Mario-based and Rabbids-based games. I've played what I'm going to consider to be the first masterpiece of the new decade. And it's an indie, unsurprisingly, but in other waters. Trying to describe this game is almost an impossibility, apart from saying it is an absolute masterpiece. It's not a traditional game. It's almost like... It's, the, the, I it's like cartography, the game. Um, you are, you've got an interface and you map your way around this world using this interface. It's almost like this radar-tography machine type thing that you use and you discover alien creatures and slight little metroid vanery roadblocks in the way that you have to discover new creatures for to learn how they work and then use those to then find your way through these paths it's pretty basic stuff but you just lose yourself in this world it's somehow the music behind it that the simple visuals and it's like this almost like for the most part it's like this turquoisey style color palette to it so it's it looks very faded but um, at the same time it's just pulls you in and the music that's behind it is absolutely outstanding interactions are all done via little text chat boxes and you you sense character but for something so basic the images it was planting in my mind as i was playing it and what i was seeing i was playing this very simple thing i was just taken literally to a whole new world in my mind um and it, it's very hard to to lay down this is what you do in the game and make it sound as spectacular as it is but if you get a chance it's on switch it's on pc i think i don't know what other consoles it's come out on i i got sent a switch review code for it but it is a masterpiece. Uh, and I know I'm a big fan of games and I will talk games up, but I don't use the word masterpiece that often. And this is what this game is. Yeah, cool. I, I watched a video of it and yeah, it looks like abstract. I like, uh, I like occasionally playing those games that are um, abstract. You're like a, you know, a, not you don't have an avatar in the game. You're a yeah. you know, abstract God figure and you, you're just pushing things around, um, twiddling knobs and the like. And it looks like yeah. one of those. So, but the, the aesthetic's lovely from what I've seen. Lovely sort of green and blue color scheme, and uh, yeah, looks pretty zen. It does, and it's, it's weird. I mean, in a way, it's a first-person game because you are just looking at a screen, I say, with sort of like knobs and dials and uh, little uh, pop-up screens and stuff like that. Essentially, it is almost like a very true first-person game because it's just you looking at this interface on the screen. And because there's no hint as to what that wider world is, apart from you get the odd little sketch pop-up in between chapters of what these creatures you've discovered, and they are out of this world, by the way. I think it is like you start to imagine you get like it's like reading a book. Do you know, sometimes when you're reading a proper good book, and you start almost you can almost visualize the world around you. Yeah, 
that game does this. Uh, yeah, it yeah. is outstanding. It is shot to the top of my on-running game of the year list above Murder by Numbers. And you know how much I like that game. Yeah. Well, that's it. I'm buying it. Definitely going to get yeah, it. Yeah, no, definitely try it. Um, again, I will caveat everything with not everyone will get the same experience. If you're the sort of person that enjoys playing FIFA and only shooting things in Call of Duty, not saying you're going to get the best out of this. It's the same as, you know, if you enjoy reading like the Harry Potter books, you're, you're probably not going to enjoy it, might not enjoy sitting down watching, uh, reading the complete works of Shakespeare, for example. So it is still taste based to a degree, but yeah, absolute masterpiece. Cool. Talking of masterpieces, I've dipped into the uh, Bravely Default 2 demo. Des- Ooh, describing yes. <laughs> yeah, describing them as a mas- masterpiece of a series is probably a stretch, but a very old school Japanese RPG in the style of the old Final Fantasy games. And um, I haven't played Bravely Second, even though I've got it, because I was kind of like, after the first one, which put about 80 hours in, I was like, oh, I need like a good few years break between them. <laughs> and just as a kind of come around to the time when I'm ready to play one. They've announced the the Switch version. So I've been playing the demo of that. And yeah, it's it's basically more of the same for what the demo seems to hint at, which is exactly what I want. Kind of the mirror opposite of the new Final Fantasy VII remake is doing in that it's got no nothing in it that you would consider to be new. It's just all old stuff buffed up to a, a kind of antique shine with all the patina still in place and that's kind of what i want from those kind of rpgs when i play them once every 15 years or whatever it is so i'm really looking forward to that is that one on your radar at all brad see it's not i don't rpgs are a weird one for me i i always like the idea of them and i try them and then i get so far and i realize i don't understand the mechanics well enough and i get i just i hit a brick wall or there's too much grinding i just don't get on with them one of the reasons I'm glad Octopath Traveler is off sale now and it is it's no longer on sale because I keep looking at it going, that's beautiful. It is utterly stunning. People talk it up. I really want to play it. And I watched the Nintendo Direct, saw Bravely Default 2, and it's like watching a storybook come to life. And I want to play it, but I know at the same time, because it is that traditional. I'm not going to get what other people get out of it. Yeah, that, that's exactly how I feel about Animal Crossing. Looks yeah. amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Reviews are sky high. I'd still hate it, but I still want to buy it. It's ridiculous. Which, which is, I mean, that's an interesting discussion to have at another point, but it's okay not to like the popular thing. There seems to be a, a school of thought where if you don't like something, you've got a shit all over it. But you can just go, okay, and go, do you know what? That's not for me. Bravely Default looks absolutely amazing. It's just not for me. But I want to play it because it looks so beautiful. Absolutely. I. I'll probably end up getting that one on cart, so I'll lend it to you <laughs> if I do. Yeah, yeah, and then I can, yeah, I can, I can post it back. Then I can post it back after a day and go. It looks nice, but I can't do it. Yeah, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, with RPGs, I've played a couple where I've got quite deep, not been able to get any further, and just gone. Well, if I'm not going to do it, I don't know why I want to play it. So we talked about masterpieces. We talked about excellent games that people don't always have to like because it's not their jam. Let's talk about a bad game. And I don't talk about these often. Um, but I'm only going to touch on this. A totally reliable delivery service. Asked for a review code for this and got it. And I really like the look of it because it looked a bit like human full flat. So I got it, tried it, and it looks 
like the Neto version of Human Fall Flat, unfortunately. Do people know what Neto is still? I don't know. Let's pretend I... they do. It's a budget supermarket before Aldi and Lidl came around. Yeah. Um, but Aldi and Lidl have got a level of acceptability about them now. Uh, so you can't really, it's almost not right calling something like an Aldi version of something because Aldi, most people are shopping at Aldi these days because they're actually really good for your fresh meat and fruit. There's, there's, and yeah, there's like a that. load of those brands like Our Stuff and Your Place and really cheap, horrible yeah. stuff. It's like that, isn't it? Or, or the quick save version of like the big supermarkets, I suppose we could say. But anyway, totally reliable delivery service. It's got bad controls if you play handheld on the Switch better if you can play it with a pro controller docked it's floaty it's got bugs in it it's objectively it's not as tight as human full flat and it's not great but then i played it with my kids and they didn't give one flying thing about it they they loved it they found it hilarious playing it in co-op sabotaging each other not actually doing many of the objectives properly and just mucking around in the levels they really enjoyed it but the game is objectively crap but they liked it so again it's one of those reasons i've reviewed it and i've just stated honestly what i felt i thought it was crap my kids loved it and that made me actually enjoy it because watching them laugh makes me laugh and it's one glad we don't give review scores because i had no idea how you could score that game because i couldn't score it six seven eight nine or anything like that because we had a great time with it because objectively that's not what you can do but at the same time there's no way i can score it below a five because of how technically bad it is because of how much fun i saw that was had with it and i've seen other people talk about their kids enjoying it but yeah not a very good game but if you've got kids might be worth the investment yeah there aren't very many games like that that are really objectively awful but when you get together with others they're great fun i think you know probably because couch co-op has has fallen way down the back of the couch ironically i think it will be coming back for a bit though i think it will yeah it's gonna have a bit of a resurgence but when you do fall over those sorts of stuff yeah it's good it's good yeah definitely as people who have been listening regularly know over the past three weeks i've been trying to get universal credit sorted out well this past week finally i managed to do it and yeah it was actually not the worst experience once you get someone to um engage with you it was a really weird situation spent every day on the phone hours every day sitting in a queue getting cut off reading not getting through finally getting through getting in a queue getting cut off repeat for about eight hours a day which is soul destroying. I'm not going to lie. I, I was at breaking point on a couple of occasions with that. And then I got given a suggestion of, have you tried just where you've done the setup, going to the journal and asking there if you can get an appointment because you can't get through. Within 24 hours, I get a response back going, your appointment is set for the Sunday. Great. I get a message back on that on the Saturday rather than the Sunday going, if you're about today, We'll give you a call and we can sort this now. Like, okay, excellent. So I started going through just a bunch of little questions, verify things, asked about as my partner got to do it. Um, they went, no, it's we're just accepting. We've got all her details where she's applied. I'm right, okay. So they started asking a couple of questions and she goes, right, that's it. I went, all oh, right, okay. So 
what happens next? You know, when do you need the proof? When do I get told if I'll get anything? She went, no, that's it. I went, all right, okay. That, that, that's not right, is it? She went, no, what we're doing, because we've got so many people to work through, we're doing it based on trust at the moment. So as long as you can prove who you are, and that's why we ask for a passport number or, or whatever, whatever you've got for that, you've got a bank account, then that's what we're doing. We're just accepting that people aren't working. Um, they do need this to come through and we'll deal with it. Excellent. Really good. You know, I've been in a position over the years where I've done, I'll admit this as well, because if there's any fallout after any of this, I'm going to deal with it anyway. But I've done cash in hand jobs. I've done whatever I can to survive. Uh, I haven't gone full Jimmy Carr tax avoidance. Um, I'm not I'm not living in luxury with an offshore account somewhere. Uh, but we've got a tiny two bedroom flat we can just about afford and we do what we can to get by. So I've been worried about applying for stuff like this before. Played have it with me and I've never done it. It was really weird. That Saturday, that Saturday, probably like lunchtime, the call finished just after lunchtime. The relief and the weight that was lifted off my shoulders in that moment. I can't describe it. I can't describe how that actually felt. And I know there'll be people out there listening who have had that kind of relief, who know what I'm talking about. But it's that kind of thing. If you've never been in that position where you've never been that down and that desolate at times, you can't describe how it feels when all of a sudden you aren't worrying about your, what you can put on the table for your children. You know, are you going to make your rent at the end of the month? I'm not going to lie, I threw up, I cried, and I had the most almighty headache for the rest of the day. Um, and it, it was just really was going, like, I feel so good now. I feel so relieved. But by God, my head is killing me. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. All the stress that your body has been going through, and it probably all released all at once. And it came up practically yeah. every orifice, which is quite funny. But um, I mean, yeah, that's a fantastic story. It's great that it. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember if I farted. I mean, definitely, I definitely, I definitely, you know, I definitely threw up. I definitely cried. But I dare say I farted at some point. <laughs> it's what human beings do. It's it's great that it uh, it worked out. It's a great story, and it, I'm sure it's reassuring to people as well who are in a similar situation, waiting for news like that. Yeah, definitely. And I'll try not to monologue as much with like kind of one of the reasons I brought, I was going to bring that up anyway, but why it kind of fits into the next bit. Because I've been scrabbling around for any little bit of work I can do, I've done design work and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll do work for, you know, someone needs something to do, and you're like, I'll do it for 50 quid. And if that allows me to get some food on the table this week, I'll do it for 50 quid. Or if someone who I know will pay me half decently, I will do it. I'll do it. Yet, yeah, no worries. And to the detriment of my own mental and physical health. And there's also that fear that if I turn around and say to someone, can this wait a couple of hours or can this wait to the morning, then they'll turn around and they won't want to use me again. And any likelihood I get, had getting money, that will go away. Even got to the point where my partner's uh, mum paid for us to go and visit her out in Spain. She lives out in the south coast of Spain. Um, so every other year, she'll pay for us to go out there uh, rather than making regular trips like her over here and stuff. And I couldn't tell the people I worked with that I was on holiday. I was having a break. Didn't tell my partner that I'm taking my laptop in case they come through with some work and I can get the work. So I'm on holiday and I can't enjoy a holiday because I'm always waiting for a call to do work. And a little bit did come in. Not much, and it didn't take me. It was like I could do it in an evening, one of the evenings when we was just, you know, on 
my partner's mum's uh, roof terrace. And so I've done a bit of work there. Um, it didn't take up too much holiday. But again, I've spent most of the time worrying about, I'm going to piss this person off if I say this, but I'll piss this person off if I do that. I can't win. You know, and I felt guilty about wanting a break. And that's not right. And what a lot of people start discovering now, working from home, when you work from home, you feel compelled to never turn off. You feel compelled to always carry on working. That becomes an issue. And you can take it from someone who has been down that path that has driven themselves incredibly insane at times with the amount of pressure they put on themselves to make sure they're always available from home to work and apologizing if they're not at home. You've got to set boundaries. People you work for, I don't care who they are, how important they are, you need to tell them, I will work between this and this. Everything outside of that, no, this is my time. As soon as you turn around and go, yeah, yeah, no, I'll do this right now for you. It gets to the point where you, you, you feel you can't tell. If you do say no, they're almost taken aback because you said yes so often, so many times before you've been there. So when you say no, they don't know how to react. And you then look at it as though, oh, they're not happy with me. So you then reverse your decision. Yeah, there's a lot of companies set up that way. I mean, it's almost inherent in, in capitalism and the good companies back off from that and do well. And I think mine is one of them that, that did. We've always been for a long time agile workforce and we can work from home and it's just results-based. So you don't get shouted at if you do sort of five hours of fairly heavy work and then you know, a couple of hours where you're not really bothered. Uh, conversely, if you if, if there's an emergency and you end up working till 10, they're not going to shower you with praise or imply that that's what you should be doing all the time. My wife's work is the opposite. They're one of those who fit exactly your model of what you were talking about. You know, you can't do enough for them. They don't praise you. You're left kind of like, well, was yeah. that was that enough? Did I do right? You never give them constructive feedback. You never given praise this is all my impressions of what her her work is like yeah and being at home and doing the work makes it incredibly hard for her and she, i think she's turned a corner now seeing how ridiculous it is compared to other places uh but yeah at first they were just like yeah giving no no proper guidance and no proper support and it was horrible for a mental yeah health. definitely and i'm not again i i, I touched on it i don't think anyone's doing it maliciously at the same time i think people don't realize at times that other people have lives and i i know a client i had um excuse me i had a little while ago and they turned around and they went look got this deadline i've got to meet can you get this work done for me now I could do it, but I'm going for a meal with my family. What they didn't know at the time was I was actually out with my family. And I turned around through fear of them not liking me and going, no worries, I'll get onto this straight away. Cancelled what I was doing to go back so they could go out with their family because they needed their time. And again, I don't think it was malicious on their part. But it makes me, it made me, it was at a time when I really had no self-worth. Um, and that it was at a time where I was very, very close to taking my own life. Um, um, I, I was ready to go down that path. And I was like, no, if this person needs me, 
then that is the little bit of worth I need. So it actually made me feel important, but it shouldn't have. And it is it is it is scary, sort of how much you almost need. It's an abuse. It is an abuse, but it's not a, a, a an intentional abuse. But how much you then need it, and you sort of crave it at the same time because you do get that. Ah, oh, thanks for that. That that really helped me out. Um, and- yeah, absolutely agree with that. I think people not recognizing your time, so people who don't understand the impact that has. I think a lot of the time that's because they have a support system that is absorbing the stress. So let me explain it like this. So if there's somebody who seems like they're always online and they're always available and they don't seem to have any trouble being available, there is at least one person and probably far more than that who are suffering for that person's freedom. And that is very often a partner. And that means that they have to do all the housework, all the childcare, um, you know, all the things that are traditionally de-emphasized as important stuff in life and not classed as proper, proper work. Absolutely crazy. And they will then, you know, expect you to do the same. And if you do that, then you're either going to overextend yourself, hyperextend and do too much. Uh, by you know doing all your work, then doing a load of childcare, then doing a load of cleaning up, doing a load of DIY, going out and do the shopping, whatever. Um, or you're going to neglect all of that, and the person in your life is going to suffer. And and that's you know that's that horrible, uh, insidious way that people who appear to have that freedom are operating. And like you say, it's really important that people don't allow their employers to do that. Set yourself goals, set yourself limits, discuss your amount of work with your manager if you have one and just make sure that you're looking after yourself for, for definite definitely i just give another example and it's you know being able to open like what i found with this podcast being able to open up is brilliant because there's all stuff i wouldn't say because my life as a whole i wouldn't say i've had a hard life you know i've never been um abused abused you know by family members or parents or anything like that but I've not had an easy life. I've never had been of money. You know, I've had to scrimp and do whatever I can just to get by. And a series of health incidents between me and my partner and stuff like that that have always held us back, being screwed over. It sounds like a sad sack story, my life as a whole. So I, I, it's only recently I've been able to really open up about it rather than hide it all. So a lot of these, they might sound fanciful, but honestly, they're not. These actually happened to me. So another experience, and you said someone's got to suffer with it. Now, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I work from home, but I'm a stay-at-home dad at the same time. My partner works on in the care industry. She's out every day, even during this. And there was a client I had. Um, again, I won't name names. And he was on at me all the time. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm doing it. I've got one son coming home from school and wanting the Xbox or kicking off because he wants to do something or we've got to take him to his hockey and football. I've got a daughter who's months old, maybe just over a year old at the time. Um, she's always the one in attention because she's getting to that age. So I'm, But I'm dealing with it. I know how to deal with that. I'm a, I'm a father. I've, I'm used to it. And that's how it goes. And he's on at me all the time. I'm doing his work and I'm like, yeah, that's not a problem. Apologise for the kids if we're on a call going, sorry about the kids in the background, but, you know, we've only got a, one room we can all be in at the same time. Um, and then I remember once I was trying to get hold of him. I was like trying to message him and stuff like that. 
no, no answer or very slow in responding. And I was trying to go, look, I need to get this done because I've got to take my son to ice hockey. He's got training. We've got to leave. So I was badgering him a little bit. I was actually getting pretty peeved off. So I was badgering him a bit. And he comes back with a response. Oh, um, a partner um, had to go to work today and we could, you know, um, there was no childminder. Um, so I've got the kids. Right. Yeah. So I'm not doing as much today. Yeah. What? I was like, but you expect me, you know, I've always got my kids around me. You've got them for an afternoon for whatever reason, because your partner's gone off to do something. That, that's fine. Work around that. You expect me to work around that. Why aren't you working around that? Am I doing it wrong? Am I the one who's been doing it wrong because I've got my kids with me? Or are you doing it wrong? And you start questioning yourself. You start questioning everything. But it's things like that. It's people not having that empathy level. Take my son to ice hockey. Get back. And instead of eating straight away, I work to get done because then all of a sudden his kids are asleep. Mine are still hyped up because they've come back from activities that his kids are asleep and he then wants to chat and go through it. All. Whereas I, I'll go, right, okay, yep, no problems, and put off eating. And again, it's that, that, that idea of self-worth. You feel that that person is more important to you because they can potentially pay you and help you out of a hole. Not for much money, not for much money. Because that person can help you get out of a hole, you will drop everything for them. To the, as you say, to the detriment of the other people around you. The value I put on myself, it's I don't value, or I never did value myself. And that is only something that's starting to change of late, being able to talk about it. If you are starting to work from home, do set those boundaries. I don't care if I'm repeating that. I would hate for anyone to feel how I felt for the past few years. Yeah. Set those boundaries. Yeah. Um, it's also the reason I despise the idea of school homework as well, by the way, but that's, again, another discussion. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, we'll definitely have to pick that up. I, I 100% <laughs> agree with you. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. If, you, if you've got a family, even if you're a single person, your boundaries are important because you need those hobbies. You need that family time. And if you want to sit around for four hours in the evening in your pants playing FIFA because that's what you do to unwind, you've got to be able to do that, not worry about, having to work because someone expects you to be on their beck and call. They're great stuff to talk about. Yeah. I've got another one we'll chat about next week. Um, I'll, I'll say it now so people, if they are interested, can tune in next week about gender identity, uh, not in the traditional sense. So listen next week because that was going to be this week's subject until the suggestion came in um, that was triggered on Twitter um, for us. So I like it when people, because it allows us to know other people actually do go through similar things. And it makes it easier to talk about. You know it's not just you. And when you know there's others, it's easier to talk. I don't know if, if I ever let you get a word in edgeways, Stu, but <laughs> I don't know if you feel that. When you know someone else has got similar problems, it's easier to talk about them. Definitely. And when somebody's receptive as well, um, that feedback that people are listening, like you say, if they pose a question, you, you want to leap on that question because it's good to know that your listenership are there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't know, there'll be times where someone might suggest something and it'll be a case of either, do you know what? I haven't got a clue, never been through that. So I don't know if I can talk about it. But then, you know, hopefully that's a case where we can look at maybe bringing other people on um, and expanding what we do. But yeah, no, keep those suggestions coming in. If you've got something that you want to get off your chest or you want us to speak about, we'll do our damnedest to. Um, that's for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, that's our show. So it's time for random words on sign off again. Yeah, I've been Bradley. 
Um, I've been joined by Stu, Discord, Patreon. If you could actually give us a like and subscribe on YouTube, that'd be amazing. It'd be nice to get some numbers built up on that. See, I'm actually going to beg a little bit. We need the numbers. So if you, even if you don't watch the videos on there too often, just like and subscribe. It helps us with a few other bits. Seriously, I'm not good at these sign-offs, so I'm just going to say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>